This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to the Cottage Talk post-match show. I'm Russ Coleman. Joining me live is Max Cohen in the bottom left square. In the right bottom square is Mike O'Connor making a return. Again, it's been a long time. Mike, so I look forward to speaking with you. And making his debut in the right-hand corner next to me is Kyle Stimson. You might have seen Kyle's videos. And uh, I look forward to speaking with all of you guys. So before we go on any further, I want to go to Kyle first. Kyle, welcome to the show. Tell everyone a little bit about you. You were just telling us off air about how you became a Fulham supporter and then to share your opening thoughts on the victory for Fulham against Sheffield Wednesday, which was uh, a crazy match. Uh, yes, as I said, the prize is uh, going live. I was born a West Ham fan as a young kid and then my granddad took me to Fulham and ever since I fell in love with him. I was a season ticket for a number of years and I just I'm so passionate about them, and it frustrates me when watching games where I know that we can do better. And like yesterday's game was very very well played by Parker in the first half. Anyway, yes, I, I've picked up on in a few of my uh, videos on the Facebook pages about bad defending in the first half. It was brilliant. Yep. Uh, but in the second half, we've like we made the mistake for the penalty. So we just need to cut that things out. Uh, like uh, the Harrison Reed incident. We'll talk we'll about that. Up. Yeah, we'll pick up on that. We won't go into that. But I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I, lo- I love the last day of the season match and everything's to play for. If we get three points, I won't I won't grumble because we've done what we needed to do. <laughs> I'm there with you, my friend. All right, over to you, Mr. O'Connor. How you doing? It's been a long time. Give me your opening thoughts. Yeah, no, it's been a long time. Thank you very much for having me again. Uh, it's a short notice. Opening thoughts-wise, uh, the only thing I'll leave off with is I feel like for some folks that I've spoken with, uh, Parker's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, because um, 
he made some changes prior to the match because realistically he probably thought we should rest some folks uh, yep. were in the playoffs. Didn't expect to see West Brom and Brentford lose. Uh, and when he made those changes, which some supporters on some of these online forums are calling for, they see the two results, even though he had to put the team sheet in an hour before, and then they start just lambasting him, saying, oh, my God, how did he make such a weak team? How did he feel this? That's well, we're going to talk about that as well. Gonna- yeah, and then he does. And you've got a team that's not as conservative, the more free-flowing, and we had right. some mix-ups, but um, the team was very, very well-prepped for the game. And uh, I think the goals we conceded were incredibly sloppy. Uh, yes, and absolutely. realistically, did they have any solid chances on our goal? No, not too many. So I think the team performed overall the 90 minutes very, very well. Um, and we'll speak about some of the, the mix-up in our own box in the second half. Absolutely. But, we have we have a lot to get to before we move on any further. Over to Mad Max and Mad Max's opening thoughts. Max, just give me your opening thoughts. Yeah, Ross, it's great to be here. So many fresh faces. Great to have more people on the pod. I love it. Um my my opening thought here is that you know it's so Fulhamish that we score five goals, the most goals we scored all season, but at the same time we ship three goals, also equals the most goals we've conceded all season. So you know you can't have too much of a good thing with Fulham; it has to be always qualified. Uh, but I don't think anyone saw that coming after the nil nil uh, at the Hawthorns in midweek. That team really didn't look like it had anything in the final third. Obviously, against a very good West Brom team, but it looks like the shackles were taking off in the first half. And, you know, going up 3-0 into the half was superb. But I kept thinking in the back of my mind, Huddersfield. Because it was almost exactly like the Huddersfield match. Yeah. And we were 3-0 up at the half. And it was 3-2. And we were hanging on for dear life in the final 10 minutes. Uh, that's something that does worry me about this team. I think we're so good at winning matches by one-goal margins. But it's almost like when we go up 3-0, which is obviously a very great position to be in, we don't know how to play that way. And we saw that um, yesterday. That's a great so, point. Very I, good point. I'm not too worried about it, to be fair, guys, because I doubt we're going to be 3-0 up in the playoffs. If in the playoffs. <laughs> but it's just something to consider how we play with the lead. As we know, Parker knows exactly what to do when we're 1-0 up. He puts it a third center back or he tightens things up. But the team almost seems not scared but tentative when it goes up 3-0. So just things to look forward to. But, again, I can't complain when we score five goals. And there are some great goals in that bunch, so I'll be happy to talk about them later. Listen, you brought up a great point, Kyle. I want to get your thoughts on what Max just shared about playing with a 1-0 lead compared to a 3-0 lead. Maybe they're just not built for that or understand how to play like that. That's a good point by Max. What are your thoughts about that? With with a 1-0 lead, you are going to be cautious of getting caught on the break and then, then the opposition scoring, and that makes it 1-1. But with a 3-0 lead, you should man-manage that, uh, that lead. You play to your advantages. You don't commit. You don't overplay. You just do the simple things. And at, at the end of the day, you just hold on to that lead. So to me, I, I do like Scott Parker. I do. I, I loved him as a player. and I do like him as a manager. But I think his man management of leads, like you say, 3-0, it needs to be better. It needs to yep. be better. Make the correct substitutions. Like if you got if you're winning three nil, don't bring on like a striker that you think is going to get another two or three goals. Yeah, it'd be great for that. But again, if you overcommit with your attacking, you're leaving your your midfield and your defence a bit exposed. Okay, very good. Over to you, Mike. Your thoughts on what first Max shared and then what Kyle just shared there. You know, it's funny because I do they not know how to defend a three goal lead? I don't know if I if I. <laughs> buy it so much um are we not giving enough credit to sheffield wednesday yeah i mean i don't i don't give them too much the reason i say i don't give them too much credit about it is because it, we'll go into it the first goal right when you've got reem oh, the first goal is a joke we're gonna talk about in that. on yeah. right yeah 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 so um i guess my question for kyle is more like how would you man manage um when you go down one goal so quickly um and and it's because I think I just think that it was a game of erroneous uh, two erroneous goals. I don't think that they did too poorly defensively um, overall, but it is a problem when I feel like they came the foot off the gas a little bit, and then you yeah, get caught out, and that. suddenly you're on the ropes, right? Because you already know the other two results went your way. You need to get this one out. They score one. They score two. You and score the pressure is really on you. It, it gets on you, yeah. So mentally, do they have the pressure, the, the calmness, coolness, collectivity about them to? to win when they need to, I think so. 
but the defense is suspect. This defense is suspect. So okay. um, I really don't have anything too constructive to say because we have – I've rarely seen us in a three-goal lead this <laughs> entire season. So it's tough for me to, to be able to say, oh, well, in this match we did this, and in this game we did that. Okay. It, it, was, a, it was an odd place to be in for us. So. Okay. Kyle, would you like to respond to that? No, I, 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 I agree. Um, I do think if we go – when we go one or two goals ahead, we do like to sit and defend. And that can also cause us problems. Yeah, I think yeah. we do get a little bit complacent as well. I have picked it up on a few videos is where we keep playing ball backwards, sideways, sideways. Yeah. But yesterday yeah. in the first half, it went forward more times than it did backwards. Absolutely. And that is what created chances and got us most in the goals. Like that Mitrovic goal was a great counter-attacking goal. Fantastic. Oh, I don't think we've done that all season. No, that, nope. that was that was a... I hate to use the word, Kyle, an anomaly in this season. It, it, it shocked me. To be, I, maybe Parker's <laughs> been watching my videos. I don't know. But maybe. Maybe you've been a positive me. influence. <laughs> I, I hope so. Only positive. Only positive. <laughs> okay, great stuff. Guys, let's now talk about this because, again, we're going to get into talking about Fulham, but I have to ask you guys this. You ready? Here we go. Do you think Fulham can actually steal automatic promotion? That's what I'm going to call it because this that's what it would be in the end. You know, they've been close. But, again, if you come from behind like this, this to me would be stealing automatic promotion. Max, I'll go to you. Do you think this can actually happen on Wednesday? A lot has to happen. You have to have Brentford get either a loss or a draw, and then you have to have West Brom lose and Fulham beat Wigan. And, Phil, and Wigan, are, again, are playing very well. Can they actually steal this? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question because this is honestly what's dominated most of the conversations I've had with you know fellow supporters and online. Right, but I think yeah. we have to be realistic. Yeah, so it's, it's a great question because, yeah, we need a lot of help, right? We don't control a ton of help. <laughs> but you look at the teams that are playing. West Brom playing QPR, right? QPR yep. just came off. I think they put four goals past Millwall who were challenging for the playoffs. Yep. QPR mm-hmm. on the face of it and nothing to play for. They're not going to get promoted. They're not going to get relegated. They're like 14th. But they have to outright beat West Brom, which is something I probably a couple weeks ago I would have said unlikely. But look what just happened to West Brom. When we I played know. them, they didn't look very good at all. And then they lose to Huddersfield Town, mm. who are you know 18th. So, listen, anything can happen. And then you look at Brentford. They play um, – I think they're uh, feeling the pressure a little bit. So, so Brentford are playing Barnsley, who are bottom yes. of the league. Might, essentially are already down except for goal difference. But then again, look at Barnsley. Beat us 3-0 at home and 1-0 at Oakwell, who did a double over us. So these are teams who can play against good sides. I think the question is, in a one-off situation, it could happen. But for both to happen on the same day. And Fulham to win. And Fulham to win against Wigan, you know, 8-0 against Hull. But I'm not really worried about us, I'll be honest. I think I think we can win. Okay. I think we're playing one-off to win. But listen, we're not going to count on it. But the fact that we're even having this conversation, based on what happened, the two matches after the restart, and yep. I, w- I was pessimistic. I was saying, listen, we, we don't have to worry about second. We have to worry about six when we lost. I know. I remember. Because yeah. that, that was closing in on us and we were on poor form. So the fact that we're already in the situation where we can even talk about second is great. But let's, I think most likely we'll be in the playoffs. I yeah. totally agree with that. Mike, your thoughts on this. Again, uh, it's something that we're all talking about because we see the opportunity. But how realistic is the opportunity? You need three things to happen. And uh, two are completely out of your control. Yeah, I'm not going to base my weekend happiness on stealing promotion. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm perfectly content stealing third or fourth. Um, you know, okay. just bringing up the losses to Barnsley, like those six points alone. Oh, I know. We can look back at those. Season. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm not going to base this weekend as a, as a, as a moaning session if, if West Brom <laughs> win or draw or something, you know. But, um, I mean, is it possible? Yeah, mathematically and hypothetically, sure. Uh, realistically, if anything falls our way, I don't. I don't think it's really going to happen because I think Barnsley might scrape a win against Brentford. I think QPR, with nothing much to play for, um, they go down a goal or two, especially in the second half. They might go, ah, you know, it's over. Like let's let's put in our show. We want to keep our contracts and play for next season, but there's no impetus for them to go on and win the game, right? So uh, I think those kind of play into effect. Um, and then for us against Wigan, yep. the thing that people don't seem to talk about a lot in the forums I've seen is they still have that 12-point deduction coming up, right? And that has not been applied yet. No, it has so not. I'm pretty sure they have to win in order 
for that point deduction to not cost them potential relegation, which then gives them a much more aggressive stance coming at us. Positive, they may be completely aggressive. We hit them on a few counters and end them. Or they put us under so much pressure because we get complacent and then we end up losing to a team that's really could potentially be fighting for their own survival uh, because of the point deduction. So realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Kyle, your thoughts on this? It's just, again, it's only natural to think about, well, there's a glimmer of hope, as I've been saying. But I think it's very difficult to have these all th- these three things happen at one time. I'm, I'm with Mike. I'm, I'm thinking playoffs, but if that happened, that would be unbelievable. It would be quite the Wednesday if it all goes our way. Yeah, I, I agree with Mike. Um, Wigan have got 12 points to come off or, uh, yeah. uh, from their points. So they are going to be up for the game. Um, to put it in a nutshell, I think if we do what we need to do, to win, get the three points against Wigan, it's not in our hands. We, we can't predict what uh, Brentford, that Brentford are going to lose and West Brom are going to lose. But I think QPR will get a result uh, against West Brom. And I'm hoping Barnsley will get a result against Brentford. But if we win then we can just say we've done what we had to do, playoffs it is, and we regroup and go to the playoffs with a lot of confidence off a win, off two wins even. So, but yeah. I probably agree with that, Kyle. Listen, I I agree with this thinking. As I've been saying, form can only do what form can do. They can only control their own own destiny, but they should, they need to win. And I'm going to say that because, again, we can go back two years ago and look what happened at Birmingham City. Do you want that going into the playoffs? You don't want that. You certainly do not want that. I think we lost you, Russ. I think we didn't lose him. Oh, no, yeah. we're live. Well, yeah. Well, hey, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> well, I think the, the weird thing, so why haven't they been inducted 12 points yet? That's something I've been wondering. Are they appealing? It's, um, it's a retrospective penalty, right? So they, they wait until the season team? finishes out, and then they do it. So they're at 58 points now. So if they lose off in the ro- 12 points from that, I mean, they're in it. Um, they're in the scrap. There we go. Russ, you oh. back? You're I'm back. back. I'm, I'm back, Max. If for some reason I, I lose uh, internet connection and I freeze like this, uh, I'm going to put you in control, okay? <laughs> okay. We're just talking about Wigan and points deduction. Sure. It was great. Ever loved it. Okay. <laughs> well, I have to share this with you, Max, because I think you're going to appreciate this. Let me share this. This is from our friend oh, yeah, Steve Rado. Yeah, just see that. Okay. Uh, talking about me, I'll be president, and Max will be sentenced before that happens. Okay. Thanks a lot, Steve. Steve's in Spain. He likes to really uh, get at me. So, uh, yeah, I, I understand, Steve. It's unlikely. We're already talking about that, Steve. Just lay off there. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Let's move on. Let's really get into talking about this. And we have to lead off by talking about the starting 11. Because I don't know how you guys felt. We've already talked a little bit about it. That, you know, again, that it was unusual. So I'm, I'm going to go to you first, Cug. Give me your thoughts on the starting 11 when you saw it. And did you think of it like myself that it was conservative? I, I've looked at it and I did think that he was going playing for a draw, sort of, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because he's changed the win inside. When it, I honestly think if you're winning games with that side, you don't change it unless you have to because of injuries or illnesses or stuff like that. But. To me, the side looked like it was just a flat side where they're just going for a draw. There's, there was not much attacking players' emphasis in there, if that makes sense. Yep, no, that makes sense. How, how about you, Max? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we rested our best player, Harrison Reed. So th- that, to me, was, was a bit strange because I understand maybe resting some players because it's going to be a tough run-in, but... Harrison Reed has been so instrumental to how we play the past couple matches that he's almost someone who's undroppable, right? Like Mitro started. Mitro somebody you think is undroppable. Even if you're resting everybody, he'll get a start. Uh, so it was strange not to see Harrison Reed out there. But, you know, I think Johansson starting was, was nice. A lot of people have been asking for that for a while. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we haven't even mentioned his name yet. I, I mean, I, I apologize, but Niskan's Cabana. Love I mean, him. The fact that he got too old, I'm so happy for him personally because yep. he's he's – been getting a lot more game time recently in the absence of Kamara. And I think he said that he's struggled to find the net uh, in his film career. But I think the, the performance yesterday was amazing, and he deserves his two really, really well-taking goals. 
And he's a player who's really been with us for you know four or five years. Yeah. He's become, not, and I wouldn't say a club legend, but a real fan favorite, a great personality around. And when he gets in those positions, cutting him from the left, I think he can be really dangerous. And he put in a really you know big challenge to Parker saying, listen, start me over Cavalero. Yep. Start me over Deckard over Reed there. And I can't necessarily argue with that because he got the goals. Um, so I was happy to see Cabano start. Okay. Let me go back to you because Giannis, uh, unfortunately, could not join us this morning. And you know Giannis could not stand Floyd Ayite. So I'm going to ask you, would you rather have Floyd Ayite or Niskins Cabano? I'll take Cabano. Yeah, I mean, I'll, say, I'll, I'll take Cabano. i just go two goals for us. But Ayite, I, I think people give him a hard time, Giannis especially. But he, he did contribute with a bunch of goals. He did. He season. did. And, you know, the, the chip against Villa, I know he scored away at Cardiff. Um, he, he was a tidy player who I think did pop up in, in good circumstances for us. A lot of those players did get a really bad rap because the last season was in the Premier League with us and we were just so terrible. Yeah. So that was unfortunate. Okay. Mike, your thoughts on the starting 11? I'm going to share a comment from one of the foam supporters. Yeah, uh, I thought it was just a, a squad that Park went out there. He had to get a draw. I, I yep. think he was kind of resigned to playoffs and he rested some of our better players like Reed, which – you know, then he gets a red, so we won't see him for Wigan anyway. Um, but that's not neither here nor there. I personally loved it because I've been asking for Stefan Johansson to be in for quite a while. Yep. I think he and Niskan Scabano's, uh, not legends, but kind of like cult favorites, right? Because uh, <laughs> those are the two kind of players that you never hear them in the news. They're never griping or moaning. They put in a shift whenever they get thrown in, and they give 110% every single time they play. Neeskins, you know, he's been off and he's been cold and he's had struggled to find the net. But every time he comes on, you know he's going to try. You know he's going to cut in. You know he's going to bring some excitement and flair. Uh, Johansson's proved it with the pass to Anoma, a little cheeky one inside the box, right, when he scored uh, the other match uh-huh. inside the box. And um, he's that guy that his engine doesn't quit. So I think Parker's idea was let's just play for a play for a draw. Let's rest some guys. We've got Wigan coming up. We got playoffs, um, and I don't think he fully expected to win, especially with a five goal scoring five. No, I'm sure he did not. But I'm what sure. it does prove is that the conservative game and playing some of his starters, we do lose some tempo. We lose some audacity. Yep. We lose some people that are uh, innovative on the pitch, right? And I totally agree with that. You know, and the, the lump ball of Dimitro is great until they just have three guys mark him and then we're done. So um, I think the starting 11 was different, um, but I think it was surprisingly effective. So. Okay, and, and I was just about to say that it was effective, Kyle. That's the thing that shocked me about this is that going into it, I was thinking like, Mike, it's like um, they're, he's resting players, he's playing it conservatively, but it worked, Kyle. It did, and like you say, the scoreline proved it. Uh, like I think Cyrus Christie, he he he's been outstanding the last few games. Uh, Steph Joe, I've like Mike, I've wanted him to start a few games. Yeah, yeah. and others have been player. saying that as well. Give him a shot, bring him that's, back that's, in. And the same with Cabano, he deserves that place in that in that uh, first eleven now. Yeah, if he doesn't start against Wigan, then oh, he, will he earned it in, in my book. He earned it. Yeah, there will be if he doesn't start, there will be questions asked, and he will need to give good answers because he deserves and he like you say he's earned that starting position. Yeah. So. Okay. Good stuff. Let me just share this. I want to share this with you guys. There's another comment. Okay. This is from Paul Coom. Uh, you would have to leave Kearney out, and the energy that Johansson brings is unbelievable. The buy question is: Who would you play in the middle? Reed, Arter, and uh, and Anima. Uh, I'm not sure if I understand that, guys. Um, I think he's saying that would be his three in the middle. Okay. So, yeah, that's who he would go with in the middle. Okay. Mm. How about you, Kyle? Well, I've said all, all season, Tom Kearney, he, he is the player that can change games. But for the last six, seven games that I've seen him play, he's gone missing. So, I would play Onoma for sure, yep. 100%. Harrison Reed. Uh, I would go with Steph Joe. Okay. And then right. play Cabano, Mitrovic, and either let me say, Cavalio or not Gart. But again, he's hit and miss. Do you not, do you not think he's hit and miss? Yep. I don't, I don't think either of them have been worth the price tag that they came for, to be honest. Oh, I, to- I totally agree with that. And, and that's why I think these skins and people have been kind of left out is – 
it's, it's messed up. But I feel like they look at a price tag and they say, well, to justify it, we have to give them game time. And I'm like, yeah, we have to play. We have to play them because yeah, but that's uh, not true at all. As we just saw. No, it should, it should be the best player should play regardless, you know, and and that's the way that I've always looked at it. Max, what are your thoughts about that? And unfortunately I actually shared the the wrong comment. That's why that looked weird guys, but, but um, feel free to share your thoughts on what Paul shared there, Max. Um, yeah, I just want to touch on the winger conversation first. I think Kyle and yep. Mike said probably the best distillation of it I've heard recently. Cabana's just done the job that we thought Cavalera and Knockout would do. Yep. And he didn't, we, he, we brought him in before you, we didn't need a big fancy signing. We had Cabana here all the time. I mean, to get the end product, which we saw, I mean, he had a hand and three goals with winning the penalty and scoring his two goals. I mean, think of any, you know, speculative long shots we've seen from, from Knockout. And I, I do like them, but they don't go, has he ever hit a free kick with the kind of ingenuity and creativity that Cabano did under the wall? I mean, Knockout probably dreams of doing stuff like that, and Cabano just did it. And and the cut in, I mean, we love to play our wingers. Parker does, uh, you know, right foot and left wing like Cabano. And he cut in, and, and that near post cheeky finish is very simple, driven, low on the ground. It's hard for the keeper to save. It's not going to be smash top corner where it might just go into Rosette. He hit it on the ground. I mean, I haven't seen Knockout do that all season, and I haven't seen Cavalera do it. So yeah. just doing the simple things right and, and getting the creative things right as well. That's what we want from our wingers. Right. And I don't think Cavalier and Knockout have shown any of that. I mean, they've shown I think Knockout has shown some of it. Flashy, I, I, sure. But, um, yeah. And, and talking about center midfield, I think Autumn has to start. I think Reed has to start. Those are two players who I think have nailed on starters to me. Honestly, I don't think you can put Kearney in, in this moment. Um, and maybe it's Johansson is, is a third man. But – well, it's I a fascinating situation. I think Kenny will start against Wigan. I think it's a good yeah, I think so too. Um, to show, and maybe he'll – and I'd like to see that because maybe he'll prove his case. Uh, he'll be motivated. He'll say, listen, yeah, I'm, a absolutely. Game I'm the captain. How can I not be starting in my own team heading to the playoffs? And maybe we'll see a vintage Tom Kearney performance. So. See, I, if I'm Parker, I play Kearney because I think it's important to get him – listen, he, he is your team captain, and uh, I know we've talked a lot about – on this show, we know how Giannis feels about Tom Kearney, but I see Kearney's value still. And I think for Fulham the playoffs, I think they need Kearney firing on all cylinders. So I definitely start him, but that, that's just me. As long as he's healthy, I start him. All right. Now, finally, I'm going to share the one I wanted to share before, guys. This is from Benjamin Burt. Kyle, what are your thoughts on this? Question mm-hmm. for you all. Was all yesterday's same. game a Slavisa-style performance and result? What are your thoughts on that? I, I don't know if I want to go there, but what are your thoughts, Kyle? In the first half, yes. I had this conversation on um, Facebook, someone commented on my video about this. And I yep. said the first half, yes. The ball, the way that we attacked the team, it was definitely a, definitely a style game. And I like that. I, 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 the game, uh, the football style that we played under Slavia was very good. Yep. It got us goals. It got us noticed, if that makes sense, where teams yep. were worried to come to the cottage because of the style of football that we play where under Parker we have 50-60% possession but we don't get goals we don't get the three points but under Slava we did have that much possession and we got the, the, the win so in the answer yes it was the first half was the second half no okay Max your thoughts on that I, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit with Kyle here. I think maybe the whole match was because in Slavisa's uh, style, it was almost like, we'll score more goals than you. I mean, the defense was good, but it wasn't a focus on the defense. That's a fair point. I, mean, we, I just want to appreciate how much of a roller coaster match that was. We go up 3-0 yesterday. Oh. Peg back to 3-1 right away. But the biggest thing for me is that then we go up 4-1. Then, then we're back with a three-goal advantage, and the game should be dead by then. And then they peg it back to 4-3. And then we go score the fifth. I mean, it was a crazy sequence of events, um, but it was definitely open, right? It was an open match, and I think Silvisa loved to play open, and we all love to watch open football. Parker, he's a closed manager. He likes to keep it controlled, keep it tight. You know, as Kyle mentioned, pass back or sideways more than anything. Don't let the opponent score. You know, 1-0 wins, 2-1 wins. Um, and it doesn't really let the match open up. So yesterday really felt like an end-of-season match, almost a cup match. Uh, so I'd say in that respect, it was a Slavisa style of football. And, and just to say one last thing on that is that in the first half, it was like that because when, when we went up one nil, we kept the pressure. You know, we yep. kept hammering Sheffield Wednesday, kept going for more. That is what I really associate with Slavisa. 
the eagerness mm-hmm. to make That's it a good point. lead, expand our lead. Whereas Parker, for me, his eagerness is to keep that one goal advantage and play cautious. Okay. Mike, your thoughts on that? So I remember Slavisa constantly saying when he was with us that, you know, if, if they ever get scored on, don't look at the players, blame me, because it's how I tell them to play. And he always played out from the back. That was kind of his thing. He instilled yeah. it, but a high tempo pass, incisiveness, go up top, right? And I think Parker has tried to do, because he's learned from him. I mean, he was a, he was a part-time, you know, assistant manager here. Yeah. He, he's learned from the guy. He obviously Under Slavisa, he totally did. Yeah, he definitely did. I wouldn't say that he his style of play is completely uh, different or askew, but it is more like how Parker played as a player. He was in the center. Yeah, it's he more conservative. Received it. He pirouetted, right? He would try and find those passes. So it is a little bit of a hybrid play. I think yesterday's match was much more Slavisa for the full 90 because even when the defenders, you know, messed up several times trying to play out from the back, uh, he kept they kept with it. Um, and so – I found myself kind of nodding, especially the Mitrovic goal. Once that one went in, I was like, that. That was quintessential Fulham under Slavisa during the promotion year. That was what that was, and it was fantastic. Um, and I did just want to note one thing on the previous question with the three midfielders. Um, I don't know if I would play Kearney um, because I feel – I mean, what do you guys think about Arter, Reed, and Johansson? They've got energy. They've got flair. But do they have the defensive um, structure – to be able to withstand uh, pressure when they all go forward, I don't know. Because um, Kearney's a luxury player, right? Like, he can make the yep. passes. He can change games. He pings some beautiful passes, and he can put some screamers in with the left peg. But defensively is where Kearney gets caught out. He's not fast enough. Um, so I don't know if you would – what do you think about, like, an Arter, Reed, uh, Decadorva Reed, or uh, Arter, uh, Mitchell, those three? I don't know. I don't know which one I would do. Um, but I would be interested to put um, Dekanova Reed in that center, actually, thinking about it, just kind of talking it out loud. I think I would go Reed, Onima, Bobby Dekanova Reed. That's what I would do in the midfield. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting stuff, guys. All right. Let's uh, get into this. Coming up next, we're going to go through our first half review, our second half review, and end with the man of the match. So let's get to it. All right, guys. Let's uh, – Go through point by point. We'll focus more on the goals. So, Kyle, I'll go to you first. I did this on full time. Just give me your thoughts on the opening stages of the match for Fulham. We've already talked about it. They were playing very well. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on the opening goal from Niskins Cabano. I called it on full time. A little soft by the goalkeeper. Your thoughts on it. It was a nice goal, but I thought the goalkeeper could have actually done a little bit better. What did you make of it? Taking no credit away from Cabano. He, he scored the goal. He got in a position. It, what, what got it for me was the, the pass from Hector. Yep. And then the first oh, really? touch from Cabano that took the defender out completely. And then I think the keeper was a little bit, I wouldn't say short-sighted, sighted, but he went down slow. So he could the keeper could have done better, yes. But the goal, it was a great goal from Cabano, and he deserved it. He, he did. He deserved it. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. All right, let's move on to the first goal from Mitra. This was a fantastic goal. Mr. O'Connor, I'm going to give you the honors of talking about this whole situation. This happened very quickly and just a wonderful goal from Mitro, but it has more to do not just with him, but the play that led up to it for uh, for Mitro's goal. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny because it came from what could have been a disastrous defensive error, right? They pinged past to Johansson who couldn't control it. He lost control. Um, Bannon almost got the ball back. <laughs> we luckily were able to kind of scramble it to ourselves. We passed it back to Reem who sends a cross ball in our own box to – no, no, sorry, Marshawn or Hector. No, it was a Hector. Jeremy? He sends a cross ball over to Reem. Reem does one of his typical Reem passes where he sends it about 30, 30 yards up the pitch, right? Gets to Steph Joe, uh, just around the center circle. He passes it on to Anima, who takes it in stride, completely outmuscles the guy, the man marking him. And then Anima's pass was pure. I mean, this was all in the span of, what, 15 seconds maybe? This, the pass okay. from the back to the front? Yep. Anima gets, Anima gets the ball, completely outmuscles, outruns his player, and then sends – an incisive through ball between two uh, Sheffield Wednesday players, Dimitrovic, who's running. At first, I thought he was offside. 
I wasn't sure he looked in the loft, but he wasn't because the left back was, was keeping him on. And then Mitrovic he puts himself in a really tight angle. He doesn't tap the ball with his foot and try and go directly at goal. He lets it run across his body, across the pitch, across the penalty box, giving himself quite a tight angle if you actually look at the pace he was running on. And then the finish was just a true poacher's goal. I mean, he hit it with with, with the proper amount of force, the right accuracy across the goal to the far left corner. Um, and it, w- it was brilliant. I mean, I think the whole goal, although it stems from, we do need to discuss the fact that playing from the back could have cost us very dearly there. Um, it stems from the fact that they stuck to what they did, that this team actually said, you were still going to play from the back and they were able to push it through the front. Uh, in about 15, 20 seconds, we had a goal in our hands. And I, that's the kind of game that we need to play to open up players. We have the ability within our squad to do that. And okay. by playing so slow, which we see also in this match at times, uh, we really limit some of the abilities of our players. So it was it was it was phenomenal. I mean, the goal was probably that was probably the best team goal I've seen the whole second half of the season. Maybe I maybe. totally agree with that. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was beautiful. Okay, Max. Let's now move on and let's talk about the penalty that Mitro scores on. And uh, again, I I thought this was a terrible mistake from Sheffield Wednesday. Your thoughts on Fulham going up three 0 yeah, I think uh, Cabana really did well. Uh, Archer actually fed it right back into him in the box. He lost it, and then he got it right back. And honestly, it was a really silly challenge, as uh, Gentleman Jim said, from the Wednesday center back. There's no need to dive in there. He's turning away from goal, no. right in the corner of the box, not really a dangerous area. And Mitra actually slips when he takes a penalty. Um, mm. But, you know, he, that, guys, yeah. Yeah, he scores goals for fun. And honestly, um, it's good that we have a penalty taker who's, you know, we can trust in sometimes because everyone remembers yeah. A couple years ago, we couldn't score penalties for anything. Everyone also remembers the Kamara Mitro fight, um, <laughs> and it's nice just to have very drama-free penalties. You know? Oh, it's no nice. Stress. <laughs> just Mitro's out there; you can trust in him. I really want to talk about what Mike just said because I think it was a great point about what can happen when we play, you know, Parker ball effectively. I do want to say though that we, we try to play like that, but so often there are no options up the pitch because you know, as Kyle said, the sideways, backwards passing. Hector Reen, that's the most common passing combination. We just play back and forth, and no one's really moving up in front. But what I would argue about the goal we scored, the second goal, the reason there is that space is almost because of the mistake we made. Because Sheffield Wednesday sensed the opportunity to win the ball back, we almost dragged them out of position and then created the space. So it it really is a weird kind of um, paradox there is that because we got sloppy, that led to the quick goal. Because well, I'd also say that, that Steph Joe playing made the difference yes. because Kearney wouldn't have done that. I don't think Kearney would have made that pass. He would have kept it, looked for us, kind of a sideways pass, backwards pass, get composure back. I think Stefan Johansson is much more direct, and we can mm-hmm. be frustrated at times by that approach, but this is exactly yeah. where it pays off, right? Yeah, and, it, and the, you're right, totally, the options of the pitch is also the, the other factor, which is new, yeah. because yep. so often when they have the ball, there's just no one's moving and there's no one to pass to, so they're forced to play it sideways or backwards. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, Steph, you know, probably more aggressive, makes the movement quicker than Kearney might, and that's why it happened. But, great, okay, great excellent excellent stuff. Kyle, um, I, w- I want to go back to you because this is something that you and I have been messaging back and forth because we're talking about the style of play playing out from the back. and uh, But you've also mentioned to me about the lack of our ability to counterattack, and uh, I, I just thought this would be an interesting time just to bring this up. We're talking just how we play. And we were talking earlier about not getting the most out of, I want to say, Cavallero when he plays and also Knockhart. And uh, what are your thoughts? Again, we're going off subject a little bit, but I want to get your thoughts on how Fulham play and how maybe we're not getting the most out of the players because of the style of play under Parker. It really isn't built for players like Cavallero and Knockhart. What what are your thoughts on all that as we're just talking about the style of play? Yeah, like I said before, counter-attacking football is effective. You see, I know we're not in the Premiership, but you see it with Liverpool, Man City. They counter-attack. But we've not got, and Caviolo, and we, even with Mitrovic, them three there, we can counter-attack with them. Like, Notgar is a very frustrating player because he runs with the ball, beats a man, does a 90-degree turn, and goes tries to beat him again and then loses it. <laughs> he should just beat the man, lay it off, go for the return, and then get it in the box counter-attacking football. Yep. But I, I'm picking up on what Mike said with Tom Kearney. Yep. He is correct. He isn't... He used to be... Don't get me wrong. He used to be a driven player where he would pick the ball up and look to go forward. 
But yeah. now it's turn around, played side, play back, play it to the centre backs, and then they're going to do just a big hoof up the top, up to Mitrovic. Yeah. Which again, he should win it, but there's no one around him because we don't push enough players up the pitch for the counter attack. That's right. That's right. It's so that, a, it's that, a great point. No, I totally agree. That that's why I wanted to bring that point up because uh, you know, and, and again, Kyle, you've already said you you do like Parker, but you do see some of the things that you're frustrated by his style of play. Yeah, that I like him as a player, but because he was more of a defensive midfield player. Mm-hmm. I yep. think he set. I might be wrong, and I apologise if I am. But I think he set his coaching ways around defence midfield. Oh, absolutely! Defense. It's defence first. Yeah, well, and, and that's, what, that's what I said earlier, right? When I think that he tries to hybrid Slavisa's with what he did as a player, which yeah. is exactly what you just like said. a combination yeah. of the two, which is and it doesn't really work. No, <laughs> it, it doesn't really work because you get these these high tempo matches and these periods of time, and the players kind of go back to war drill to keep it. Like, let people get back their shape and then play it around. And yep. you can't always do that. Do you know what else? Frust- Sorry. It frustrates me. Ahead, when Kyle. We do the goal kicks and we've got Hector and Ream that stay in the box to receive yep. the ball. They receive the ball and then they pass it three or four times mm-hmm. amongst each other. Yep. And then the, the opposition squeeze up and then we just pass it to Rodak and he just boots it. So yep. we lo- nine times out of ten we lose it because we're not up the pitch enough. Right. So I just think... Don't do it short. Just do a normal goal kick. Get the players up around Mitrovic so we can basically try and create a chance from a goal kick rather than keep passing and making mistakes yeah. around the back. It's so frustrating. No, it's a it's a good point. And actually talking about it in this match is interesting. Max, what are your thoughts on all this? I like what Mike just shared earlier, talking about maybe this is a hybrid between what Parker was as a player and what Savisa did before and we're, and it kind of doesn't mesh well because it's two different philosophies. Yeah, I, I think that's probably that, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. But I think we also need to realize it is Parker's first year, first full year as a professional manager. He is learning, you know, and uh, we don't have a lot of patience for him, rightly so, because we want to get back in the Premier League <laughs> as quickly as possible. We're right. not some like vanity project that someone can just tinker with and oh yeah, maybe I'll get us. You know, we we want promotion. We're a, we're a fan base that wants to be back in the Premier League. That's understandable. But we also need to realize that Parker is not – he's not someone who knows his philosophy yet. It is kind of amazing that yep. – you can look at it one way, which is this is the best team in the division and it's a disgrace for not an automatic promotion and Parker's failed. That's one way to look at it. The other way is, honestly, it's kind of a miracle that a first-time manager has taken us to the point where we could get second and then in his first season in one of the toughest divisions, I'd say, in world football. You know, It depends how generous you want to be. But right. either way, he doesn't have his philosophy totally figured out, which I agree with Mike. And I no, like what Kyle said about the passing out of the back because that, that just is so representative. I think what, what the issues are sometimes is that there's no movement. Is that you, Rain gets it, Hector gets it. We're forced to play back to, Hec- to, to Rodak and go on boot at long. Then he hooks it forward. He's like, no in front Kyle of him moving. I mean, everyone who's played knows like the key to passing football is you pass and move. Mm. But at the end of the day, no one in front of them is, is doing anything. So, no, it, and it's very easy for the opposition to sit back and what two banks of four or whatever. It's disjointed, Max. That's what we've been talking about. It's disjointed. Where's the flow? You know, and again, like I said, maybe it's caught in two different philosophies. And uh, it just, again, like you said, maybe next season Parker will figure out what his true philosophy is. And uh, But right now it's like I, I, I think it's interesting what Mike's saying. Maybe he's caught it between two different philosophies. His own as a player and uh, Savisa's, and it's kind of trying to figure out how to make it work. All right, guys, let's move on. Let's now talk about the second half. And, Kyle, I'll go to you. I'm going to give you the honors, and if you call it honors, of talking about the goal from uh, from Sheffield Wednesday, the uh, the crazy situation at the back, because we're talking about that. The mistake from Maxine Wimashan, we've seen that before, but it was more than that as well. Let's talk about playing out from the back and how it really cost us dearly. I, I thought Gentleman Jim was going to lose his crap listening to him <laughs> during this. So let's talk about the penalty from Sheffield Wednesday. And do you think it was a penalty? Uh, Steve Woodard, who was a ref, says it is a penalty. What, what are your thoughts about all of it? If we didn't play it out from the back, it wouldn't. we wouldn't have been there. We wouldn't have to give away the penalty. Um, again, the second half, we started 
going back to previous games where we pass it back sideways, yeah. even from the goal kicks, it's it was inevitable that we was going to concede or make a mistake that's going to uh, frustrate us and concede a goal. To me, the penalty is soft. That pen, that challenge from Rodak was a good 50-50 challenge yeah. of where both men go in and have it and then get up and say, wow, well, I've been hitting the challenge here. That was a great tackle. Like an old-fashioned 50-50. But if we didn't make the mistake, it wouldn't have been a goal. It wouldn't have been a penalty. It okay. was frustrating. It was very frustrating because, yep. again, it was just a mistake that led to a goal that could potentially have led to a comeback from the opposition. Yeah, it was uh, very disappointing. Mike, did you disagree with that? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I think what I, my problem that I've seen a lot of forums and discussed is that, you know, the passing the back, completely the problem. Like, that was absolutely the problem. And Reem took too long on it. He literally waited till the guy was about two feet in front yeah. of him. Does a pass to Maxime. Maxime messes up. He's under an incredible amount of pressure. If you're in that spot, just kick it out. Take the corner. Kick yeah, it away. It. But it should never have been there in the first place. You should have just done a goal kick. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. The penalty was completely crap. Uh, I mean, that was – that was it was a 50-50 ball. Rodak got to it. It wasn't two feet off the ground. He got the oh. ball. Their player flops down. It was – it was the two situations are mutually exclusive. Horrible okay. play defensively. But that does not mean we deserved the penalty against us, right? Um, but I completely agree with Kyle. I mean – it's inevitable when you play like that. And we've seen it so many times over the course of the season that I don't even think the players are understanding at this point or even the management purely because why risk it? Why, why are you doing well, that? It for such a conservative it. manager, it playing up the ball off in the back, Kyle, isn't that a risk? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a risky kind of situation, Max. I'm sorry. What, what are your thoughts about all that? No, you, you, uh, you asked Kyle. Sorry. Yeah. Kyle. I'll just so I'll Bad hosting. That was just a really funny way to say it. Um, how like Parker is always wants to be risk adverse, but one of the main tactics is inherently risky. That's really funny. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I agree. I think the penalty was definitely soft. Definitely soft penalty. Okay. Um, and then then Nuhu scores, and it's like that that guy when he scores. I like, can't he, stand Nuhu. I cannot no. stand that guy. It's like a kind of joke. You see him in the picture. Like this guy's like the classic championship striker. Like you oh, see him yeah. right. He's like he's from like the nineteen eighties, and he's just this massive, like yep. towering guy. And like and then he scores a double against us. And it's like it's just kind of he's Matt Smith, man. Okay. Yeah, he's Matt Smith. <laughs> okay, Kyle, I'm, I'm sorry. I I I did a very bad hosting. Your your thoughts on all this? Uh, like I say, the passing around the back, it's proven that it's cost us so many mistakes. Like, yeah. I went and watched um, the away game at Derby when we won- we drew 1-1. Mitrovic scored the late winner, yeah. but it was Ream where we passed it to him. He tried a, a turn, and then he lost the ball and then brought the player down, and then Rooney done the chip against yeah. Rodak. So, it's proven that passing around the back isn't working for us. It, we are prone to making mistakes when doing so. So, I've seen it way too many times, Kyle. It's funny you talk about a Pride Park. How about Reem a couple seasons ago at Pride Park? Uh, you, again, he had a he had a nightmare night then. And then you know, it's funny. I I, I can go way back. And there was a match at at Villa Park where they had problems with uh with uh you know with the goalkeeper and passing out from the back that caused the goal. So, is it worth the risk for the reward, Kyle? No, it's it's not. Because we've got Mitrovic, he is a unit up top. If we set the goal kick properly, take the goal, like kick it upfield rather than playing it short, we will have hopefully our supporting strikers alongside Mitrovic, and Mitrovic could win a flick on nine times out of ten. He'll win them. He he is he will win the headers, and they that could create chances. So I just don't think passing around the back. We're, we're not City. We're not Liverpool. We're not at that level yet. Some people may disagree, but to me, that's just my opinion. But we're not at that level to keep doing ticky-tack football around the back. No, you're absolutely right. And if you kick it up and let Dimitri doesn't get it. What's the worst thing that happens? It's halfway up the field. You're under that's no it. pressure. You it's know? not on our goal line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I guess if we can play the passing on the back in the way we saw on Saturday, then in, in the way we saw in flashes, right? Like the, the second Dimitri goal where you went, went you know, to Johansson on him up. That's what we want to see. That that's where I think is the best way we can play. I don't want to go completely long ball, right? Because I'm not well, sure. I agree, but nine times out of ten, that goal doesn't happen. 
right? Yeah. Pass on the back. That's yeah. my problem. Is it's, if it was a 50-50 chance, we're going to make up the goal with incisive quick passing and get a shot on goal. Great. But uh, I can't I can't find another time where we scored a goal like that this season. No, you're right. That's it. Max, can you tell me how many, how many times a game do we try to pass it around the back and mistakes happen? No, yeah, it, it, it happens way too often. I, I completely agree. I think the big thing is the best way we play. You know, I agree with you there, but it's just it's so risky because we're not we're not Liverpool, we're not Man City, we're none of these players. Um, That's it. I agree with Kyle on that. Um, Unfortunately, I do. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. Again, for all my activity issues there. (laughs) (laughs) Not. We're just talking about playing at the back versus long ball. (laughs) I I think we, we I think we all kind of agree that. It's way it's it's risky a lot of the times, and the big yeah. thing which I think everyone can agree on is that it just needs to be by the situation. It shouldn't be. It's, I feel like they're playing one way in which Parker's told them every single time. Oh, absolutely, must play. Yeah. And so the players lose yeah. their own yep. you know, decision making process and their own judgment, and that's when mistakes happen. Just use your judgment. If it if yeah. it needs long, play long. If you feel like you can play it at the back, play it at the back. Okay, good stuff. All right, guys. If uh... Lose connectivity again. Max is in control, so I'm just going to mention that one more time. Guys, let's move on. Let's talk about the goal from Cabano. Mike, I'll give you the honors of talking about the goal, which made it 4-1. to one. This is actually a great goal. It's brilliant. Um, I didn't uh, – I had a feeling he was going to take it, right, the way they were set up. I was like, okay, he's going to try and whip it around. He might hit the wall. Whatever. Underneath, I haven't seen a phone player try and go underneath the wall. Yeah, I, think I, was like I haven't John seen that. Reed. Things like John Arisa, he used to try them by just bullying them underneath, <laughs> right? Oh, you're going um, way back. Way back. Like, I mean, it's been about eight Fabrice years. Fabrice Fernandez like done that. it as well. What was that? Fabrice Fernandez done it against back. That is an old school tactic that I think is so rarely used that no one thinks it's going to happen. And, of course, it takes the right player to hit it and – Come on, approve it with his first goal. He can do daisy cutters. He can hit them right there on the ground so that there is no separation between the tip of the grass blade and the ball, right? And that's how that succeeds. So um, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I'm ecstatic for the guy. I, he's one of my favorite cult classic players for Fulham. Um, and, and to see him do that and then do his, his uh, typical Cabano flip celebration, I mean, I was, I was overjoyed. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. And the keeper had no chance Excellent. either. The keeper had a mare no. of a game, by the way, for them. He was you could see it in his face and his body language, but he had no chance. Absolutely no chance. Okay. Max, over to you. Let's talk about unfortunately the two goals that then made it four to three for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh again, uh the uh, third one is the new who header, but be- before that it was a deflection. They scored on, on a deflection actually off of Cabano. So now we're talking about four to three. Your thoughts on these two goals, and what were you thinking at that point? Yeah, that's when the match really kind of descended into uh, to banter territory because it should be <laughs> over. It's a, it's a, we restored the three-goal advantage. It's clear they're not going to come back. It's 4-1. We're comfortable. See it out. And then they, they just swing the ball in the box. No one marks new who. The header's in. Corner comes in. Takes an outrageous deflection. Uh, to be fair, the clearance wasn't the best when we had it in the box. Yeah. Um, Murphy strikes that so weakly, and the def- deflection almost gave all the pace to that ball, and that almost seems to me like a, a joke that it just went right past Rodak. Yep. And I'm thinking it's four three, and I just keep thinking back to the Huddersfield match. I'm like, are we oh. going to be hanging on for dear life in a match? We're up by three at halftime. This is unbelievable. Yeah, um, it was sloppy. I think that's the best way to put it. Very sloppy, lack of concentration, and then l- luckily we we got the fifth. But we should have been in that position to ship three goals. Um, in that match, that was worth no. no, again, if I'm Scott Park, I can't be happy with that. But Kyle, back over to you. And I I think you're going to agree with me on this. I'm very happy for Bobby Decker-Dover-Reed to get that goal. Mm-hmm. I think this is so important, not just for him, but for the team that he scored to make it 5-3. to three. Your thoughts on the goal from Bobby Decker-Dover-Reed? Yes, uh, can't agree, can't agree anymore. It's a great finish. Got it out of his feet, great finish. To me, personally, I was saying, don't shoot. Don't you just <laughs> go to the corner? There was like minutes left, and, I, yep. and then he shot, and then I was overwhelmed. It was a great goal, and like I say, it was great for himself, but also for the team to get that extra extra goal ahead. So they made it two goals ahead, and then there was I think it was about five minutes left. Yeah, and then that another thing is after when 
uh, the stoppage time, we did sit back again. We did. Three goals ahead. You need to not get complacent. You need to, like we said uh, earlier in the, the live feed, is that we need to man-manage. We need to, like, play the game, but not overdo things. Sure. Um, in the second half, we did do overdo things with the long balls from Ream that went nowhere. I think four or five of them went out, out of play. And the same with Hector. But the goal from Bobby Reed was very good. And it was a great, great time to come as well. Okay, excellent. Mike, back over to you. We have to talk about the unfortunate situation at the end of the match for Fulham, Harrison Reed. And yeah. I think this is huge. We have to talk about this. We talked about this on full time. And uh, I still don't get it. I, I don't get what he was thinking here. I love Harrison Reed. I think he's been our best player since the restart. Why? Why? Your thoughts on Harrison Reed getting sent off? Yeah. Um, so a part of me, my inner competitiveness was like, yes, do it. You know, get him down. But uh, <laughs> if you think about it tactically, you know, and tactfully, it's, he shouldn't have done it. Uh, the problem is, is we had certain players that had been subbed in at that point that were never going to get to the man. Right. Uh, but you're two goals up. You're two goals to the good. Why just, sh- just shepherd him out? Just shepherd mm-hmm. him out. You do not need to do it. I mean, you could do a Steph Joe special and clip the ankles. You don't need to throw him <laughs> to the ground. Right. Um, and especially when you're Harrison. I mean, he lost his temper there a little bit. Um, he saw red and then saw red. Right. There's a pun. <laughs> but um, he didn't need to do it, man. He didn't because he, the guy was going to the byline. He was within his own half. He, yeah. It was a moment of madness that I hope does not cost us in the wicket match because luckily it's a one match ban because it's two yellows for yeah. a red. But uh, I can't tell you what he was thinking. And I don't think he could tell you what he was thinking. It was one of those moments where he kind yep. of just blacked out, did it. And then it, you know, he knew the moment he did it, he was gone. He knew he was off. He started walking yeah. off the field already. Um, but there's one point I want to I go back to, um, which is Bobby Reed's goal. And I think yep. that go is ahead. indicative of since Mitrovic got the three match ban, the other red card we had since the lockdown, our players are taking long shots. Where has that been the entire of the season? Because what's the mm-hmm. worst thing that happens? The keeper parries it into Mitrovic who taps it in? We get well, a corner out of it? We tried for so long to play ticky-tacka football into the box to get the perfect shot off. When we've seen Cyrus do it, Cabano do it. Yeah, they're all doing it. it. That's actually a wonderful point. Why not do it? Take the yeah, shot. I totally it's the agree with that. Well, sure, back. Why not? What's the worst thing that happens to you there? Um, and, and we have shown that we've got some – bullets on our team that can just rocket them in. So um, I love the fact that they are finally allowing themselves to take long shots because I think, I mean, that just puts the entire, the opposition who watched the film on us, like, oh, they'll never take long shots. Give them some more room. They're going to try and pass it in. They'll go out to knockers. We'll cut in predictable left, left foot shot, probably <laughs> miss. No, we've started finally shooting from, from long range. And I love that. I mean, Arter too. I mean, that's two beauties in, in, in the span of three games. Listen, um, that's but, a great point, Mike. And I'm yeah. glad that you brought it up, and I want to ask the other guys this. Uh, Max, your thoughts on this? Because the minute he's saying this, and I, I'm, I'm going back a little bit, talking about Quint Dempsey. This is what Quint Dempsey used to do. Quint Dempsey used to shoot long, long distance all the time to test the goalkeeper. And I think it actually paid dividends for him. What are your thoughts about Mike's bringing up the fact that we're taking more long shots? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it because, as you mentioned, we all, we've seen players on our team can do it. Players that we never would have thought had that in their you know, their locker, like Christie and Arter, definitely surprised me with it. Um, and we, we saw it, you know, in the Villa Cup match, Arter did that as well. We haven't really seen it since until mm-hmm. the restart. So that was great. Mm-hmm. I, but I think they are inherently like low, very low probability goals, right? I think we, yeah. we might be getting fortunate just because we just started doing it so much. But obviously, I don't think we can depend on that as, as a strategy. But it's definitely a good thing to switch it's always good to have it, you know, in your toolbox to switch I up. Think it is. We shouldn't depend right. on it, but it's definitely something that we can utilize and not always try to walk the ball in the goal. I think, the biggest thing, score. You know, I think the biggest thing for me is that it yep. throws the opposition's defense off. Because yes, now exactly. they have to make people open up and mark a player outside the box because he right. may shoot, you know, uh-huh. and then that opens and then up it the might open lanes. Up. Right, exactly. exactly. Entirely. Exactly, yeah. and and I always thought that's what Dempsey was doing. Kyle, what, what are your thoughts about all this? Because I'm glad that we're talking about it. We've also talked about the fact that well, you can't depend on a white max set to score on that. But I think it, it has a different effect. It might open things up for you 
because it yeah. makes the defense honest. That, that's it. Like what Mike said, when you shoot, what's the worst that can happen? We, we, the best is that we can score. Uh, it could either take a deflection and go in, or it opens more space for more runs. Right. Or it can go to the corner, where it, that could also create another chance from the corner. I, I think we've got players that can shoot, but they've been not told not to, but they're worried about shooting, if that yeah. makes sense. No, that does I, make sense. I remember, I hope you used to as well, the wardrobe, Booper uh, W. Diop, sorry. Yep. Diop. He had a rocket on him. Yep. And that he means. used to shoot, whenever he used to get the chance, he shot. And 90% it was a goal. I haven't seen that. Other than Arta and sometimes Notgar, he he has outside-of-box shots all the time, but some yep. of them go to Rose Ed. I haven't seen that from Fulham until... Cabo did a few of them earlier on in the season. Cabo had a few of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, Cabo, yeah, him, yeah. He's another player that can do it. But since the return from um, lockdown, we scored more long shots. Mm-hmm. If, so why are we not trying them? That's a more. good point. It's a, it's a good point. I'm glad that you brought that up, Mike, because uh, I wasn't thinking of it in that way. I was thinking more like how Max was thinking, that uh, we can't depend on it, but the uh, the other effect is that it could open things up. What's the worst that can happen? Like Kyle said, it, it makes the defense honest because then they have to be a little bit concerned about it, and then you have lanes, like you said, or it could be a deflection, like Kyle said. I have no problem with shooting more, but, um, you know, it's a good point, Max. What are your thoughts? Do you think that the players are concerned about should I shoot because of um, who their coach is? I think when you play possession football, your coaches probably tell you you don't want to do stuff that will lose possession. And then yeah. that plays with possession. Mm-hmm. That's a valid point, Max. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But listen, if we score, I love scoring screamers. I love celebrating them. So I can't complain with this. Okay. All right, guys. Let's end the show with man of the match. Just go around the room, Matt. Uh, right over to you, Kyle. First man of the match. Hands down, Cabano. There's, okay, I was going to no say it's person. it's Cabano for me too. Max. Yeah, I was also going to say Cabano. I thought he was excellent. As I said, had headed through the goals and really high quality goals as well. Good for him. And you know, it's a shame it took him off. I want to see a hat trick perhaps, but as I think we've said, he should start against Wigan and hopefully can continue his goal scoring record. Okay. Is it going to be a sweep, Mike, or do you have a different name? Harrison Reed for the rugby tackle at the end. No, no, no. He gets Cabano, gets it. He gets it every time. Okay, okay, yeah. great. Uh, Cabano actually, sorry, uh, Harrison Reed was basing his two yellows in five minutes as a sub off Cabano against Leeds. So it was a tribute to Cabano. Oh, yes, of course. Of course, of course. Okay. All right, all right. Good stuff, guys. Great show. Fantastic show. Before we go – Again, I, I just want to thank uh, Kyle for uh, joining us. Kyle, please tell everyone how they, they can actually see your videos, please, because you do a great job on them. I'd just like to say thank you for letting me come on the Cottage Talk. It's been a pleasure and hopefully to be come back in again. Uh, my videos, I started doing them when we come back from the lockdown because I was frustrated with the way that we was playing. And then they people just kept asking me to post more. So if you want to see my videos... <laughs> It, they'll be on the Fulham Football Club fan zone on Facebook, and they'll also be on the Fulham Football Club Facebook page as well. Okay. And I'm happy. I'm not an opinionated, and I, I'm always welcome to other people's opinions as well. There's sure. no negativity. There's no hatred on the posts. There may be a few swear words. <laughs> but, sorry, that's just me. But yeah, I'm always welcome. I'm always happy to answer comments or if you want to inbox me or anything yep. like that, I'm always there to reply. So Okay. Excellent, yeah. my friend. You 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 were excellent today and you do an excellent job on your videos and uh so I just want to say that. Mr. O'Connor, it's been a long time. I hope you can join us again soon. Surely will, man. If you even have a have an opening, I'll join for sure. Okay, excellent. Mr. Cohen, how are you doing? Thank you, as always, for joining us. I did miss Giannis today, but I'm glad that we had you here. Yeah, it was great to be with the guys, and hopefully we can get a full house sometime. Throwing Giannis, throwing Giannis here, get a five-person show. The more, the merrier as well. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And more perspectives. Yeah, hopefully my internet connection can handle it. Uh, as we've seen, we've had a – as what we call, Kyle, when when you see issues, they're Goldmans. We, it's named after me, and uh, we've had several Goldmans in the show, but I just want to thank all you guys for – 
hanging in there, watching, listening, and of course my co-host for uh, putting up with some of my connectivity issues. But guys, thank you for doing the show, but let's wrap this up. For Kyle, Max, and Mike, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.